0: So much. They always do a great, great job. Thank you. Psalm 119. Psalm 119. First Sunday of the New Year. Happy New Year. And this is the first message, uh, Sunday message. We had Wednesday service. But um, uh, we, for the next few weeks, I want to be talking a little bit about God's Word. And uh, Pastor Williams has graciously put together guides, reading guides, and slips for our Bible uh, for 2019. So please, everybody get involved in that. It'll, it'll, it'll help you. It'll bless you. He's even made guides for our children. That, that'd be a great tool for family devotion. Amen? And uh, can't go wrong by getting right into your Bible. Read it through for for 2019 and study to show yourself approved. And uh, I want to talk about God's Word today here out of Psalm one Nineteen, Psalm 119 is the largest psalm, and has 176 verses to it, and uh, it's amazing as you read this psalm, do it this week, read the psalm, and uh, you'll notice that every verse speaks about the Word of God, every verse, except, let me be honest here, three. They're connected, but doesn't mention the Word. So 173 verses out of 176, I think we get the picture, God's trying to tell us this book is important. It's important in our life. This psalm is important. And we're not going to go through the whole psalm. I know some of you are worried. Uh, That'd be a long sermon. But uh, Psalm 119, and we'll start in verse 25. Psalm 119 and verse 25. Psalm 119, 25. My soul cleaveth unto dust. Quicken thou me according to thy word. I have declared my ways, and thou, hast, and thou heardest me. Teach me thy statutes. Make me to understand the way of thy precepts. So shall I talk of thy wondrous works. See, these are all uh, synonyms of the, of the word of God. These other testimonies and law and precepts and statutes, things like that. Watch verse 28. My soul melteth for heaviness. Strengthen thou me according to thy word. Remove from me the way of lying and, great, and grant me uh, thy law graciously. I have chosen the way of truth. Thy judgments have I laid before me. I have struck uh, under thy testimonies. O Lord, put me, uh, put me not to shame. I will run uh, the way of thy commandments when thou shalt enlarge my heart. Teach me, O Lord the way of thy statutes, and I will keep it unto the end. Give me understanding, and I shall keep thy law. Yea, I shall observe it with my whole heart. Now the last two statements there about keeping God's word mentions it in verse 34, and of course the previous verse, verse 33. Keeping the word. And what I want to talk to you about today as a theme is how to keep God's word. How to keep God's word. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this first Sunday of this new year. We thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, our Redeemer. Thank you for the dear Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit that's come and dwelt in each believer, guiding us, teaching us, comforting us. Father, we thank you for your your holy word. And I pray the membership of Parkview Baptist Church will be people of the book Lord, we may have, um, Lord, wandered from it as much as we used to. Perhaps some families need to get back to devotion. Some individuals need to get back in their book this year. We pray that you help us to start out right. May this sermon be, uh, Lord, a help to that. May it be a catalyst service for us regarding your holy book. Now, please speak to our hearts. I pray that everyone would keep attention, Lord, today, so help us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, this first day, this first Sunday of the new year, we're going to mention this thought of keeping the law. Now, how do we, if we're supposed to keep the law, how do we keep God's word? Well, again, this psalm particularly is chuck full of, of knowledge of the word of God Uh, except for verse 84, 121 and 122 it always mentions the word of God now God's word is described as the law, the testimonies thy precepts, thy statutes, thy commandments thy judgments, thy word, thine ordinances these all mean the same thing It's talking about God's written word And the psalmist is writing this in in the way that he's addressing a friend. God wants us to be his friend. Abraham was the friend of God. They had a very close relationship with God. And so here the psalmist is writing as he would speak to a friend. And he wants his friends, ladies and gentlemen, to keep his word. The Bible says in Psalm 119.17, Deal bountifully with thy servant that I may live and keep thy word. Psalm 119.101, I have refrained my heart from evil way that I might keep thy word. Now that word keep is an interesting word. It has the meaning of a watchman. This word keep means one who regards or guards a sentry, if you would. Now, God will keep his word, but God wants us to keep his word in the sense of watching our own selves in our relationship to the word, not to doubt it, not to question it. Bible says in Romans ten seventeen, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The more you get the Bible in you, the more you read it, you study to show yourself approved, the more you hear the word of God taught or preached or discussed. You're going to grow in faith. Some people have no faith because they're never in the book. That's
1: right.
0: And I'll tell you this, lost people cannot understand this divine book. The Bible says the natural man received not the things of the Spirit of God, neither can he know them, for they're their, their, their dis, uh, their, their discerned, meaning they can't understand something. That's right. So if someone's here today and you're not saved or you're not sure you're saved, You're not going to understand this book. This book is a book of faith. You can't discern it because you don't have God. The Holy Spirit's within us as a guide and a comforter, but a teacher. And He will teach us the Word. So we need the Scriptures, we need the Savior, Jesus, and we need the Scriptures and we need the Holy Spirit to live the Christian life. And so this word, to keep the word, means to be a watchman, to have regard toward the word. It means a protector, one who is giving charge over, to keep it to one's heart as a treasure. Is this book a treasure to you? The psalmist said, greater than gold, yea, than much fine gold. Most people want the gold and the money and the the bank accounts. They don't want... This is the treasure from God for the Christian life. God's holy book, the Bible. People say they love God's word, but yet they'll attack it. Doesn't make sense. You and I, by faith, are to accept the word of God for what it states itself to be. God's holy word. We shouldn't question it or doubt it or cause others to doubt it. We should not demean it or cause suspicion of it or cause anyone to have hesitancy in the trusting of it. If somebody's going to say they're a Christian and they love God, they love Jesus, why would they question God's Word? What is their motive behind questioning God's perfect Word? In our modern today, we have a lot of preachers and a lot of teachers and a lot of professors and a lot of writers that sadly make innuendos regarding the word of God. They can't be the friend of God and cast dispersion against his holy book. No. And you can check them out. They'll be on TV, they'll be on radio, they'll be on the internet, and they'll say something like this. They'll say, I love my King James Bible, but... Or they'll say, it could be better rendered... Or they'll say, it is unfortunate that a better word or a better translation could not have been chosen. These these are just little things they do, but they don't understand that they're casting doubt against the Word of God. Charles Haddon Spurgeon, great preacher from years gone by, back in the 1800s from from England, uh, he was talking about the preserved Word of God and our charge to it, we're to keep the Word. And he made this little statement, and it's in, in context with keeping the word he says we work for him because he has worked in us through his word amen God places within us our hearts and every true believer in Jesus Christ a true bible believer a love for the word of God and a desire to protect it and to advance it and to believe its claims yeah. again faith cometh by hearing hearing by the word of if you never read your bible you're not going to have much faith You're not going to have much faith. So we are the keepers of God's holy word. In Psalm 119, we are given the path of how to keep God's word in these verses. Now, that's a long psalm. I get it, 176. But we're only going to look at just a a handful here in Psalm 119. And I want us to recognize afresh our responsibility of keeping and trusting God's Word. And I do this because, as a pastor of the church, I want our church to be on board with God at the, at the very beginning of the year. And we can't be on board with God without His Word. Right. 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 So please heed. He said, oh, we've heard this before. No, hear it again. Yeah. Refresh yourself in regards to God's Word. Now, if we're going to keep God's Word, how are we going to do that? Well... There should be a prayer to God to open our eyes to behold the scriptures. Psalm 19, we're right in our text. Look at verse 18. The Bible says, Open thou mine eyes that I may behold. What are we to behold? Wondrous things out of thy law. There's two words there right off the bat. I think you need to understand. Don't read your Bible and not understand the words. I mean, there's time for just reading your Bible, but you know, when you come across a word, you just don't understand the word, just stop. Yes, sir. Look it up. See what it means. And he says, open thou mine eyes that I might behold. What are we to behold? Well, the word behold means to look, I mean to see, to give respect toward. Yes, sir. It means to regard or to show regard. Show regard. Amen trust respect this holy word the bible says kiss the son lest he be angry this is the closest you're going to get to Jesus till you see Jesus he is the incarnate word this is the written word he said lo it speaks of me I come in a volume he says Now, I'm not worshiping my Bible. I'm worshiping Jesus. But listen, this is His Word. And God said He, he, he honors His Word above His name. I was talking to the IRU students not too long ago preaching there. And I mentioned this truth. The scholars, the Hebrew scholars, they reverence God's name so much. When they would come to His name by writing that, that name, Jehovah God, or any. Tiscanu or uh, any name that was representative of God, they would stop. Yep. They would go and bathe themselves, put on new garments, get a new quill, and then continue to write that name until they came to the next name. They do it all over again. I'm telling you what, they reverence, and God says, My name, my word is above my name. Yep. So, how do people get away with treating this book as if it's nothing? People have bled and died to preserve this book for us. And to cast doubt or question it. God said in Isaiah, my ways are higher than your ways. What makes us think that we know more than God? Faith is trusting God. And God said his book is holy. And the psalmist says, open my eyes that I may behold. What? Wondrous things out of thy law. Wondrous means, it's, it means marvelous. It means surpassing. It means extraordinary. It means beyond one's power. This book is beyond one's power. It's divine in its nature. Everybody that's tried to attack it and stamp it out and get rid of it, they haven't done it yet. And they won't. Because God said, I'll keep my, my word for every generation. Forever, O oh Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Forever is a long time, folks. And so when I ever hear a Bible teacher or a preacher or I pick up a book and read, if the preacher's, if he's, if he's casting dispersion against the word, if he's doubting God's word, if he, he's, I, I'm done with it. I don't need that. And he says, open my eyes to behold your word, his word, accept it. As it is pronounced and declared and stated to be. Open eyes to see its perfect precepts. Precepts is used a lot. Speaking about the Bible. What does precept mean? Instructions. God gives instructions. I I, I had the opportunity... Wednesday night, I'm usually preaching, but Pastor Williams is preaching, and I told him, I said, one of these services, I'm going to go in the back and just kind of observe how Master Club is going, and I enjoyed it. I went back there Wednesday night and saw the children and the teachers, and they're doing a good job with your children, by the way. And then this morning, in Sunday school, I went and sat in the Sunday school classrooms, a few of them, and visited, and I walked into Mark uh, and Jessica Wilson's classroom, and they they had 15 kids in there. And Jessica was, I think, turning in a a slip or something. Mark was in there, and I walked in, and all the kids, oh, pastor. I said, I'm not here. I'm sitting down. I sat down, but I was amazed. Mark's a good teacher. He was teaching them God's Word. He did a great job. And every one of those kids are just riveted. They're listening to everything Brother Mark had to say. And that blessed my heart. Parents, your children are hearing the Word of God. They're being taught, they're being instructed in the Word of God. The precepts of God. And I think as a parent, you ought to be very thankful that you attend a church that believes that that book's God's book. Amen. 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 Now, he says this, and I have so many verses I couldn't even read them to you without taking too much time. Psalm 119 verse 4, thou hast commanded us to keep thy precepts out diligently. Verse 14, he says, I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect unto thy ways. Make me to understand the way of thy precepts. Verse 27, I am a companion of all them that fear thee and for them that keep thy precepts. And I could go on and on and on. Here's one I like. "Uh, Let the proud be ashamed for they deal perversely with me without a cause, but I will meditate in thy precepts. That word meditate is actually a a word that talks about a, 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 a cow in a field. It's a farmer term. It means the cow, he chews the cud. And cows have several stomachs. I'm not an expert on cows. I they have three, four, five stomachs. I don't know. But they'll they'll eat they'll eat that grass or that hay and they enjoy it. Like cows do. And they'll swallow And you know what they do? A little bit later, they go, moo chew on a little bit
1: more
0: (laughs) that's what it means to God you know and they'll swallow it again they do it again and they keep doing that to go over and get every little last bit of nourishment out of it and that's this word meditate don't take a casual approach with your book here study to show thyself meditate upon the precepts the instructions of God's word let it get in you let it build your faith And then, when the world casts dispersion and doubt and criticizes the word, say it's only written of men and has all kinds of mistakes, baloney, they don't know what they're talking about. This is God's divine, holy, preserved, given word. And you know what I know? Some Christians hadn't even read it in weeks, months. I'm not trying to shame anybody, but I'm trying to encourage you get back in the book. This beautiful book of God. Psalm 119, 159 Consider how I love thy precepts. Quicken me, O Lord, according to thy loving kindness. I have, in, in Psalm 119, 168, he says, I have kept thy precepts and thy testimonies. Let thy hand help me, for I have chosen thy precepts. Again, precept means commandments, laws, statutes, the word, instruction. Proverbs the father says here son the instruction of thy father good fathers will sit down with their children and teach them this book the church has never been the replacement of family the church is to supplement what the family's learning in the home that means what you're teaching at home when you come to Sunday school or junior church or, or Master Club or any program, teen program, that they're not going to be against what parents are teaching at home. They're going to be for what parents are out of this blessed book. That's right. So dads and mothers, teach the book to your children. Open our eyes to the precious promises also. Peter says, 2 Peter 1, 4, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. Psalm 1, or 1834 says, My covenant will I not break nor alter the thing that has gone out of my lips. God's not going to change his mind. Change his words. So why do men try to do that? Matter of fact, in the book of Revelation it says, Don't touch my book or I'll take your name out of the book of life. That's pretty emphatic. Numbers twenty three nineteen: God is not a man that he should lie. Hath he said and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? When you cast doubt on the book, you're casting doubt on the character of God. God cannot lie. and God cannot sin. And God keeps his promises. Say, but you believe that by faith. Exactly. Exactly. It's a book of faith. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Open my eyes, Lord, to thy precious promises. And then open my eyes to priceless privileges. Oh my goodness. Psalm 68, 19. Blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits, even the God of our salvation. Selah. The word selah means think about it. Pause. Dwell on that thought. Priceless privileges. I'm so blessed. You're so blessed. What a privilege to have a Christian life, to have a Christian marriage, to have a Christian family, to have a Christian fellowship, a Christian church. I mean, praise the Lord. What a privilege. God is saying us we can trust His precious promises and He's privileged us. I mean, folks, there are some people, we, we, we doubt this, we don't think of this. There are some people on the face of this earth, they've never seen a copy of the Word of God. Today, in this day. There are groups of people that don't have, still don't have the Bible in their own language. We would think by 2019, all the world, there are places in this world that never heard the name of Jesus one time. Never Held or read a copy of the word of God never had instruction in the book. But that's why the world lies in darkness and that's why the Lord says go into all the world and preach the gospel. It's our job to get the light to the people. We are so blessed. You know, every few years I I retire a Bible because it just gets wore out through study and getting ready for sermons and counseling. You know, it just happens. I've probably got a dozen or better copies of the Word of God behind my desk there that are just wore out. I decided that my kids probably wouldn't get a whole lot in this life of earthly things, but I was going to leave them one of my Bibles. And I was setting out for good. I had five children. I got 12 Bibles. I need to get moving on this program. But so I can leave some for my grandchildren. Because that's one of the most precious things I have in my life. Amen. If I left them all $7.45, it wouldn't mean much to them. But I hope when they look in this book, see dad's notes. See what it means to me. It'll mean something to them. We can trust our Bible because God said we could. We can believe in God's word. And if we don't, then we're doubting God's character, God's commitment, God's nature, God's personality, His fiber, His makeup, His reputation, His record, His ethos, His entire being, if you don't regard this book. Oftentimes, I'm afraid that too many of God's people are like spoiled children in a grocery store. Gimme, gimme, I want, I Let's be thankful for what God has given us by treasuring. Second of all, a plea for spiritual enlightenment is said. By the psalmist. Psalm 119, look at verse 18. The Bible says, Open thou mine eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. But verse 19, I am a stranger in the earth. Hide not thy commandments from me. God's not trying to keep anything from us. God is giving us his word. The psalmist pronounced a plea here for enablement or understanding. This word enablement means to understand fully, to grasp something... To give the authority to do something. You know, you and I, God asks us to do things in this book. And anything God asks us to do, he gives us the ability to do it. He wouldn't ask you to do something you couldn't do. Amen. Hide thou my word. Hide that word in my heart that it might not sin against God. You can do it. It's a plea for willingness to obey it. To fully grasp it. Um, it's like a military command. The ladies were singing this morning, and one of the lines of the song said, so people doubt what, what they don't under." Some people doubt what they don't understand. And that's true. If people cannot understand it, then they can't do it. And God has made his word to be able to understand. And it's like a military command. For instance, Gene Cole. Gene, Gene you were a warrant officer, right? Gunnery sergeant. You did drilling, you drilled them in, okay this week, I wanted to, but I just didn't get liberty. I wanted to put a marine sergeant up there drilling his soldiers for you to watch for just a few minutes, but I just thought, no, I won't do it, but but and I, I'm no, but but they'll get those young men out there, and they got them looking so sharp, snap they're in, they're in line, they're in sequence, and they've been taught, and he'll walk alongside of them. he' I don't know. If you heard it, you didn't understand what they said, but those boys understand it. Those young men understand it. And they're in order, they're in cadence. Amen? Uh, too many of God's people, we're like Gomer Pyle. We're, we're, we're out of step and, and we're dropping the gun, and, and that's us. And I watched this week the drill sergeant get in the face of those young men. Blah, 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 blah. That young man's thinking, why did I leave home? Why did I leave home? My dad never did this to me. Run away and join the military to get out of dad's house. Duh. But anyway. But this idea here is a command, instruction. When Brother Gene would work with he'd bark out those orders to his troops. And they would be in unison. They would be in cadence. They would be in precision. They'd be sharp. They'd be exact. Amen. And this book here is God's instructions to us. And we treat it like Gomer Powell. Shazam. <laughs> we, we don't, you know, here's the thing. Let me tell you, you college kids that are home. I went to college, Bible college. I know You know, you get all kinds of instruction. You get all kinds of assignments. I'd I'd have a class and there'd be like seven or eight books to read. All these scriptures to memorize. All this work to do. Thesis papers. All this stuff. And I know what it's like to read the Bible. To get it done. But you're not even paying attention. You're just... Sometimes, if you're not careful, you'll come home on break. and You don't even read your Bible summertime comes and you're out working a job you don't even have time for the word anymore you had to do it in school it's not to be it's not to be something that you have to do you really don't want to you have no it ought to be a delight to you this book is to help us to keep us in step to keep us precision of Christian life and it's up to us to do due diligence the word keep means it's my responsibility do diligence to the Word of God. So when you read it, you have to stop and you have to ask yourself, listen, when you read your Bible, ask yourself these questions. Is there a command here? I just read ten verses in my Bible. Is there a command to obey? Is there a sin to shun? Is there an order for the day? Is there a service to render? Is there, is there a promise to lay hold of? Saints, this book is so precious. Psalm 119, 104, Through thy precepts I get understanding. Open thou mine eyes, that I may hold wondrous things out of thy law. Make me to understand the way of thy precepts, so I shall talk of thy wondrous work. This ought to be our prayer this year, church. God, open our eyes, open our hearts again to the word of God. Then the passion for light and longing of God's word. Look at verse 20. He says in verse 20, My soul breaketh for the longing that it uh, that it hath unto thy judgments. Notice those last three words. At, at what all times. The word breaketh here's an interesting word. It means to crush. It has the idea of a broken will. And he said, he combines the two words. Breaketh longing. Longing's idea of not letting the word of God be a labor. It's actually it's an interesting word. It means to puff at. You ever somebody? You ever somebody? uh, You're talking to them and they go, "Watch what they go." That's what it means. Don't puff at it. Don't say this is what your word says. But I don't. That's what a lot of people do. They look at God's word. No, don't do that. It actually means to loathe or to have disdain toward. Oh, my goodness. Teach your children to respect God's word. And that's why it's so important that our programs of our church go along with what mom and dad are teaching at home. But listen, dad, don't say, do what I say. Don't. Not as I do. You know, dad, don't just show them you're spiritual at church. Show them your spiritual at home. David. Mom, don't just show them, well, I'm a nice, I, I, you know, I'm I wear a nice dress and I, I carry my Bible. But do you are you in your Bible at home? Right. See, this is so important, or we will not be doing this. We will we'll be we'll be showing our children and others a disdain towards God's word, abhorrence to, to cast abhorrence to. Ah, oh, that don't mean. Psalm 7, 103, Psalm 19 is, How sweet are thy words unto my taste. Yes, sweeter than honey in my mouth. The word is very pure. Therefore thy Lord, thy servant loveth it. Amen. And so we need to comprehend these. these, The word for Bible is also judgments. Judgments. And this is legal sanctions of God. God. These are God's thou shalt and thou shalt not. And sometimes God's word says, thou shalt not, and we get a list of those. You know what that means? Don't do this. <laughs> sure. You know, we're, we're funny. God had all these dietary laws in the Old Testament. They were for a reason. I want us to remind us that God's not out to hurt us. When God gives us laws, God gives us instructions, he's not out to give us a bad day. God doesn't write in His Word something so we can't have fun. God is dictating His Word to the prophets and saying, write that in there because I don't want my people to have any fun. I don't want them to enjoy anything. That's not. God gave these for protection and preservation and to govern one's life. A governor on a vehicle, they put it on there to, to keep it from going too fast. And God gives us his word and his laws to help govern these, these laws of food and hygiene. and You know, they were practical things. You know, the Israelites were wandering through the wilderness, 3 they estimate 3.5 million people. So God would give them instruction about food, about taking care of themselves, hygiene... Yeah, very practical, pointed things, so there would not be disease among them. There was a medical doctor, he wrote a book in 1974. You ought to look it up online and get it. I had a copy, I loaned it out, I'm going to get another one. But it's called, None of These Diseases... It was a medical doctor, and, he, and here's what it says about the, the about the about the book uh, uh, S. I. McMillan, M.D. Uh, read these revealing chapters, prescribing for the millions who generate their own who uh, generate their own disease by damaging their life habit. It talks about it talks about gray hair, rattlesnake oil, talks about uh, snails, all this stuff. It is not what you eat. It's what eats you. God, in His Word, talks about how we should eat and take care of ourselves. It talks about all these things that seem so minor. But these people were traveling in a desert environment. And they could get very sick, and things would become very toxic. So God gave them judgments. What? To protect them. Yes, now, listen God wants us to conform to His judgments. His distinctions. So we can read God's word and it tells us to not do this. It means that's for a reason. A purpose. I don't know if you've raised your children. There have been times where I've asked my children to do something. And occasionally one of them might say, why? (laughs) Because I... Oh, we do have some parents here. Because I said so. Nowadays... The children are in control. That's not the way God meant it to be. Children need parents, not buddies. God loves us and God says in his word something. It's not to hurt us, it's to help us. And we trust God. God's word will judge us. We're accountable to what is written. So it behoove us to understand the responsibility we have toward it. And one of the things God says concerning his word is holiness. Look at Psalm 119, verse 20. I'm, I'm going to wrap it up. My soul breaketh for the longing that hath unto thy judgments, he says, at all times. It, this is interesting, at all times, this phrase. Not just when you're in church, or not just when you're around other Christians, not just when you're around your wife or your children, or ladies, around your husband or your children. Not just when you're around teenagers or young adults, or maybe when you're around your sweet grandparents, you're 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 going to be nice and respectful. That's not what it teaches here. We ought to respect God's word and live holy at all times. That's the problem today of contemporary Christianity. There's a lowering. And we've all about dismissed respect for God His word, worship, and so forth. By the way, how do you as a Christian live, act, talk in your daily life? When I used to work, not that I don't work, but I used to work secular job. I used to work at Ford's. I would run, run into fellows that didn't like me because of my beliefs and they'd cuss me out they'd say things they'd just be on my case all the time and that'd be alright but I remember one guy saying to me one day he, he was cursing at me about something and he looked at me and said excuse my French I said that's not French that's filthy language and the thing that was so sad is this particular fellow claim to be a Christian and he'd get upset about something and he just want to make excuses. There's no excuse. The Bible says in Colossians 3, 8, now God's talking to God's people. Now listen, but now are you also put off these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. He says to us as Christians, Ephesians four thirty one. let all bitterness, wrath, anger, and clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. What was God trying to do for us? He's trying to tell us, be holy. And we could go over these verses, but God says, here's the number one reason. It's like sometimes a parent said, listen, listen, because I'm your father. God says, be holy for I am holy. We need to get back to holiness. God's people are not holy like they used to be because I, I, I don't think they're in this book. And I don't think they like the instructions and the orders therefore they've come up with their own way of thinking well we have to think by this book not subjective reasoning by what saith the Lord amen holy thoughts holy words holy actions holy appearance holy entertainments and then I'll give you these quickly and I'm done how to keep God's word is to have a healthy phobia or fear of erring from this book you know I mentioned it. I, I fear God. Does anybody fear God anymore? I know the world doesn't fear God. We're talking God's people. Fear God. Psalm 119.21. Look, it says here, right in your book, Thou hast rebuked the proud that are cursed, which do err from what? Thy commandments. Hmm. The word err means wander away from cause to go astray, sin through ignorance. I know what this book says, therefore I'm responsible. And God says, don't err from my commandments. I think sometimes after we're saved a good while, if we're not careful saints, we begin to not fear God. Again, there's things in that book God tells us don't do this and don't do this and don't do this. Not to hurt us, but to help us and make us holy people unto the Lord. And when we don't fear God, it won't be long before we'll be living just like a lost person. Amen. We'll err from his commandments. I don't know where you're at this morning, Christian, but listen. You can get away from God's book. Right now, in your heart, right now, you realize how much you read the Word or how much you don't. Right now, there's within your heart whether you even care about what I'm preaching about. I remember a pastor in Indiana, and I was dealing with a problem. And it was a problem about sin. And I had a lady look me in my eye, and she said, I don't care what that Bible says. and I'll be honest with you, I think sometimes there may be more people going to church that are the same heart. And they got to the point, they got to the point, and here it is, they're going to get out. You know, people that get out from the Lord and His protection, His wisdom, His attention, God will do something. He'll let you. God will give you the desire of your heart if you want it. thing is, Christian, make sure that your heart desire is right. Or you may go far, far from the Lord. Sin, remember that? Sin will keep you farther, keep you longer than you want to stay, take you farther than you intend to go, cost you more than you want to pay. So don't even get back in this book. Respect this book. Read this book. Study this book. Love this book. If a Christian gets away from this book, it won't be long before they'll be not disciplined and they'll lay this book aside and they'll start taking steps they shouldn't take. I'll close with this. This Bible, listen now, it's not a good luck charm. It's not a rabbit's foot. It's not a lucky penny. It's God's holy Bible. I love it. Do you love it? Let's read it. Let's not depart from it. Amen? I got so much I'd like to say, but I'm done. Let's bow our heads for whatever head bound I think you got the gist of my thoughts. As pastor to you, member, leaders, church, children, teenagers, college, we have a wonderful treasure in this Holy Bible. And right off the bat this year, I want to encourage you to get in your book. And when you read it, look if there's something that you're supposed to do or obey or fix. Maybe today there might need to be a fixing of attitude. Maybe a better approach to the new year with God's book, not just what you want to do. Or it'll cost. Father, I pray we as a church have taken a stand. We're Bible believers, we say. We don't doubt your word, but Lord help us not just to say and do not. I pray, Lord, that everyone that's a member will get behind this program of reading their Bible through this year. I pray they'd cooperate with that. It'll only bless them, Lord. It'll only help them. It'll only strengthen them. Please, Lord, give your people the desire they need again for thy word and to be in line with it. Father, I thank you for this book divine. And I pray, Lord, that you'd help us to have a great respect toward it and a reverence and a desire for it. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.